Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com. Welcome to this week's episode of Zach on Film. Joining me this week is all the way across the state via the internet, Matthew Peterson. Actually, uh, now I'm going by the name Randy Butternubs. Well, that happened. Rodrigo Lopez. Hey, man, what's up? I'm actually now going by the name Matthew Peterson. <laughs> this is going to be confusing. <laughs> and Steven Schleicher. And I'm actually going by the name Zach Wolf. And I'm Wendy Peppercorn. This is Wendy on Film. Uh, last week, Straight Outta Compton came out, and we talked about that, went to the theater and uh-huh. uh, watched that. It yeah. had a very good weekend. Yeah. Blew away expectations. It brought in $60.2 million, like a $24 million budget. So uh, good on that. So uh, browsing through the internet this week, and I come across this article on IndieWater from Tombe Obinson. Uh, he talks about uh, what does the success of Trader Compton mean for black film? And he goes on to say... Um, uh, his argument on the success of Straight Outta Compton doesn't mean that these more quote-unquote black films will get produced any more than they regularly do, but possibly just the uh, idea of a rap movie is going to get pushed through faster. Right. That sort of thing tends to be more narrow than that, right? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. because, like... um Anything, right? Is like, uh, I don't know what the last one was. What was that, 50 Cent movie? Was that the last? That was a while ago. One? Yeah, get rich or die trying. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and and I mean, and it does. You you see this in waves, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, just because something like Tree of Life happens to do well, they're not going to be like, let's m- give more trippy auteur stuff. It's like, no, they're going to try to make something that's like that, mm-hmm. that is right. close to that, 
not necessarily say, hey, here's a sector of the population that doesn't usually get to make as many movies. Let's just let them do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. That's not what they're going to do. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, because didn't uh, and I forget, didn't they produce this themselves? Didn't uh, Dr. Dre and Uh, Dr. Dre and Ice Ice Cube Cube produced it? Maybe two more. But they were the ones that financed everything themselves and they're just distributing it. I don't, I don't oh, know. I'm not sure about that. Okay. So I mean, they don't to... have the money to do it, but I'm not sure if they did. There, there was, I, I saw well, I mean, at least Dr. a Dre few companies involved. Do one of them was Ice Cube's company, mm-hmm. but I didn't recognize the other one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, while it would be great if, you know, what it, so what this means is the studios aren't going to say, hey, we need to go finance more of these movies. They're going to say, we need to, hopefully what they're saying is we need to be open to more of these independent type productions mm-hmm. that may have the same success as this. But what we're probably going to see and what he makes the point in the piece on IndieWire is what we're probably going to see is what other rap groups can we do this same treatment with? You know, will we will we immediately see the public enemy film? Will we immediately see all of these films? And again, oh, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. There's already mm-hmm. a vanilla ice film. <laughs> but it's it's kind of like it's the equivalent of, you know, when you go to the convenience store well, after a big Michael Bay opening sure. and you find that two dollar disc of Transmorphers. They're not necessarily trying to trick you. They're not necessarily intentionally trying to hoodwink you. But I think that in a lot of ways, sometimes you get tunnel vision, specifically when it comes to uh, Hollywood. And we've talked about the money people behind this before. You get that tunnel vision. This movie made money. Let's make another movie like it. And rather Mm -hmm. than saying what is like it, you know, do you let independent filmmakers do something or do you tell you know, somebody's idea of the real story behind something, or is it, well, okay, who's like NWA and how do we make this Mm -hmm. look like, how do we make this feel like the same movie without really delving down to the level of the craft or the the filmmaker behind it, because that takes time and that takes money. Get Richard Die Trying. Was that a biopic or was that just a, um, was that just a movie that told the story of a struggling young artist going through some rough times? I th- think a biopic. I can't remember if they used his name or not, but it was certainly. I, I'm pretty sure it was because it used the title of his album. Okay, and it was him playing himself and Baldur's so Lark. you know is it pronounced biopic? A biopic. I've always pronounced it biopic. Yeah. We can, okay. What? Let's just agree that we can say whatever we want. I think biopic sounds. Well, biopic sounds cool. So yeah. does biopic. But if if we were talking like last week where uh, a biopic has the bias of being filtered, right. uh, you could say a biopic and make it sound like it's a, an optical. It's yeah, like, it, like it's exactly. an eye problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the only reason I ask is because uh, we have seen some movies that have had some success. And I don't – somebody could look up real quick. Um, get, in fact, I'll just look it up. Um, Eight Mile, which is the Eminem biopic, yeah. uh, sort of. has domestically – again, well, again – it has the bias. Well, that one it doesn't even use his names and stuff, does it? Right, I'm, I'm right. Uh, but it it made worldwide 242 million dollars. That's um, not bad. That's good money. Yes, and that was 116. Get Richard die trying, right? Get yeah, yeah. Rich, I'm sure 2005 or die trying, and it is not listed in Box Office Mojo for some reason. Really? Yeah. Oh. I guess. I'd oh yeah. Try. Oh, trying. With it and the the apostrophe. There you go. That'll trip you. Uh, That movie only made $46 million worldwide. So between the three pictures right now. To be fair, that was not very good. No, it wasn't. Um, 
I mean, it was fine. I think it that movie got the middle act stagnated is what happened mm-hmm. in that one. Yeah. Like honey. Yeah. Um, so between those three, you know, straight out of Compton right now is kind of hitting in the middle thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it did go up against Man of Uncle, and how did that do? Did it beat Man, Man, Man of Uncle? Did not do probably as good as they thought. I think it did like 20. The Man from Uncle did 20? Yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, so that's that would be then what will happen this next week. Will it continue to rise in the box Dominate. office? Or will it, uh, or will it stagnate? Because that will be the next thing to to check and see if this was a one time thing, or right. if this was a, um, you know, just a fluke. This weekend we talked before American Ultra Hitman Agent Forty Seven and Sinister, or yeah, Sinister Two, all come out <laughs> with fairly, eh, I wouldn't say wide releases. Uh, Hitman is at thirty one hundred theaters. I know. And the other two are at twenty eight hundred. I'm pretty sure so. they said that. Strader Compton's releasing to more theaters this week. Okay, yeah, so well you know it could, could. Furthermore, they don't seem climb to be higher. slowing down with the TV advertisement, right? No. Well, especially with the fact that they took the box office and they did as mm-hmm. good as they did yeah. uh, this past weekend. I think it will hopefully, hopefully, open up the studios to be open to more uh, biopics about musicians. Yeah, mm. I think the studio is going to be more open to biopics. Unfortunately, sure. I think this will spur a slew of biopics and not um not specifically one group or one representation or anything right, like that right. i think they're going to be more open no, to the I, biopic I, absolutely i i think you're right i think they're gonna look at this in one of two ways either let's make more rap stuff mm-hmm. or let's make more musician biopics mm-hmm, and their right. go-tos are not going to be gangster rappers they're going to be right. probably you know conway the, twitty yeah, or like Jack White or something like that, yeah. right? Well, you know... No, go ahead, Matthew. I'm looking something up. If you look at... Uh, what was NWA's heyday? Was it the, Were you looking at the late <laughs> 80s or the early 90s? 89 uh, through 94 or 96. Yeah. 89 through 94. So if you look at that same time frame, I mean, you have a lot of options. You've got uh, Snow. Two, you have Two Live Crew. You've got Heather B. Uh, you've got uh, 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 Camper Van Beethoven. I mean, you have a lot of options for completely stupid things you could do with movies. But if you also look Tiffany. at that, you know, that, that time frame, what is that? That's like 20, 20 years ago, 25 yeah. years yep. ago. We're right at the age where when they do these, these are going to be the new truth going forward about what that is. So if you have, say, a voice that you're really wanting, if you're listening right now and you have a biopic that you want to be part of and it's your bio and it, you want it picked – I think that this is going to be something where this is how people are going to remember. And when I say people, I mean people younger than us. NWA going forward. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, in fact, most people won't know anything about it unless there was ever an MTV behind the music yeah. uh, of them. I don't know. What, one but, of the few things that I did not resent musically from Carl, my college roommate, for all of 20 minutes because I resented his music was the fact that he, you know, Minnesota extreme Caucasian can do all of straight out of Compton. He will just spit it. And it's, it's frightening because it's like he's possessed for a moment by ice cube. It's, it's the most terrifying thing. This side of his impression of angry Ernie from Sesame street. But, um, uh, so Don Cheadle, uh-huh. mm-hmm. I was trying to remember this. He's the you know, miles Davis movie. Right. It's coming out mm. in October. 
Um, oh, so that's another. Well, uh, and, and how did the uh, how did the Ray Charles movie? I mean, it won an Oscar, right? I mean, yeah, but that's okay. but that's Rated, a big okay. studio backing that. That's not yeah. see the thing about uh, the thing about Straight Outta Compton is these guys are producing it themselves. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. controlling everything, and they just found a studio to go through for release. Is from what it sounds like. Well, this is what right. I. This is what my hope is that we do. Uh, a reverse event or something like an Avengers release now of NWA where now <laughs> we get a Snoop Dogg movie and yeah. they cross paths in the NWA a Tupac yeah. movie that one is just ripe to do well yeah and, and you I'm start mixing and matching DMC all of these movie? guys no there hasn't, hasn't been a run, run DMC, DMC. Yeah, there hasn't been a Tupac although I was surprised that there hasn't been a Tupac well there's movie. been TV movies right yeah. right right well the behind the music type stuff yeah, right yeah too. supposedly there's a Tupac movie Tupac in movie in the works that is now getting rushed or or pushed forward higher onto a higher burner, if you will, because of the successes. <laughs> but I want it to be all the same actors. Sure. And I want it, it to be a new guy. universe. Like yeah, I want it to be a universe. Oh, so a you rap music universe. The guy who played Tupac in, in Straight Outta Compton Absolutely. should be Tupac. In, I see. Absolutely. I, see. <laughs> well, and he, I just want to recreate that. And, and honestly, and he should. Oh, because yeah. Because he was a dead oh, yeah, yeah. ringer. It was, it was crazy. Good Lord, did that guy look exactly like And it wasn't a hologram, right? I don't think so. Okay. Well, we're not sure. So. And then the, the uh, Suge Knight guy looked pretty uh, intimidating, Dude, too. it's so. the real Tupac. They brought him out, and he's like, oh, <laughs> I can come out, and I can do this movie and pretend to be this actor. Because, yeah. you know. Don't start that. And then when they do the Avengers movie, he can be Tupac guy. No. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. No, you didn't. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I hope that more directors like this in films would get pushed, because... If you talk about some of the most dominating conversation piece movies of the last couple of years, I mean, they've been 12 Years a Slave, Selma, kind of this, biggest stories of breakout successes. Um, So, you know, you kind of hope that they would recognize this and go forward with it. And I I think maybe the response we're seeing is an underserved audience getting things that are aimed directly at them and responding and doing what people always say you need to do vote with your with your wallet this audience is finally getting things aimed directly towards them and they are coming out in droves for it so the other story i wanted to talk about this week was a piece uh that variety ran just this morning um earlier this week was it earlier this week yeah. oh, i just saw this morning uh, <laughs> so you know the there's been a, you know, shootings in America like right. every other week, and every unfortunately, some of the high-profile ones have taken place in movie theaters. Uh, there was one just um, in June down mm. Louisiana uh, during the showing a train wreck, and of course there was the Aurora July. shooting. Oh, was it July? Sorry, mm-hmm. okay. uh, in Aurora, was that two years ago now? Almost um, three. Almost three. Yeah. Um, and so the idea of movie theater security has been brought up throughout those things because you have a you know you have a high volume of people in an enclosed space and um, it's not totally uncommon for things like that happen around here. Um, but now uh, they did a poll and it seems like people are willing to pay extra well, if movie theaters will install security. So who who was the uh source on that survey that was from c4 a firm okay that's what they say and did they did they pull on what types of security they wanted 
what what kind of security uh, that audiences wanted? Basically, the poll was... Do you want security, yes or no? No, the poll was, do you... Is like, how much more are you willing to pay for security? Mm-hmm. And it was like, one dollar, mm. two dollars, mm-hmm. three dollars. And they just saw like people like... Turn like all the lights turn off as they went up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Right. basically okay. What the so, was. what did it top out at? What was the average that people were willing to pay? Um, it was a, uh, I think it was one or two dollars. It once it hit yeah. three, it was uh, kind of go off. They said forty eight percent are fine with paying one dollar more. Twenty three mm-hmm. paid two, and then okay, so like was three. Uh, okay, so what is one dollar going to get you? Well, that was part of the problem. They say is that it's not going to do much. That people don't realize. The factor of security costs when you're right. paying airplane tickets, right, and things of that nature—that that's all funneled into the cost. Yes, because I guarantee you, people will be like, "Yeah, I'd pay an extra dollar for security." Okay, now we're going to have you go through this metal detector, and now we're going to check your bags. And the next thing people would say is, "Screw that! I'm not going to the theater anymore. This is a waste of my time." That's the first thing. Second thing is, you know what a dollar would get you over the course of a year? It would get you a "No Guns Allowed" sign on a door. Now. How do I know this? Because I worked at a university where their big thing when uh, they had the concealed carry law was that, well, we're going to address this by putting up these no guns allowed inside building signs because that's effective. Well, this, the variety piece specifically mentions metal detectors and armed security guards. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of that's you're talking you're talking at, at least $50,000 a year for each security person that you're going to hire. Sure. How many tickets do you sell, even in Hayes, Kansas? If you sell, how many, how many seats do you have in an average night? Oh, crap. I don't remember. You're going to... A thousand people. Go, yeah, back, go back and listen hundred. to our discussion about how much of that does the movie, does the theater actually get a keep? They don't get a keep that much. But, um, but if they put... If the theater themselves is putting a $1 charge on every ticket... Mm-hmm. That would not. It wouldn't. I mean, well, if you look we, at, we would okay, maybe so be able to hire one security chain. person here. Well, I know, but we don't have a very big theater. I know that's what I'm saying. So you're not going to get much security for one dollar, and this, and if and even if you're a big chain, you're still not going to get the security that you need for a multiplex that has 24 screens in it. I no. think it's. I think. I think he's right. Well, I know. I understand. No. I understand where he's coming from, but. There's always never a not enough security. There is right. a, a, a semblance of security people have if they see someone sure, there. Sure. And that goes a long ways to curing people's worries about security. Right. And I don't so think you, this we're is gonna, a situation so we're gonna do the, where uh, the we're comedy. literally going to buy tickets and we'll install the security when you've bought enough tickets. I believe what this would be is a situation where you pay the $175,000 and then they split that cost basically for each film goer, and then we all get to eat it basically. And it'll probably be like four dollars because that's the way things go. But well, again, the money that you're going the if you, the dollar if the studio get a, I'm sorry if the theater got to keep that dollar, it doesn't take into account. If they're paying for security guards, if they have to, let's say, let's say a multiplex that has 24 screens decides that they need to hire 10 security people in order to do security right to where they're patrolling the screen, the the theaters to where they're double checking back doors, which is where a lot of these people are coming in at, not through the front door, the back door. Then how much is that? That's 10 times $50,000 a year minimum. 
plus health insurance, plus uh, benefits, okay, you're going. That's more than that's a half a million dollars a year just for that for that security team. And I'm sorry, but you're saying the movie theater is going to have to bite it if they want to have no. That I security. said the movie. The, the viewers are going to have to bite it. More importantly, I think you're estimating high oh, because no. my workplace just hired armed security people at considerably lower than $50,000 and filled all the positions with qualified licensed armed security people. But again, I think uh, the so make it $200,000. The movie theaters the aren't making becomes. that much extra income to be spending that much. I think they are. I just don't think that we know where that money is going. And uh, my main question here is, A, what are our options? And if you say to me your options are no security or pay more for additional security, I'm going to lean towards the pay more for additional security. Yes, but now, how much How much is enough? But that's why I asked. What are you willing? Do you want to see, a, you know, like the old comedies where you have the sleeping security guard there at the door who's got his bullet in his pocket? Or do you want to be going through the metal detectors, having your bags checked, having yourself screened again with a, a wand at the door? Is that what you want? I mean, where is that? Where's that limit? Because that's going to determine how much people are going to have to pay extra in their ticket. People are already complaining right now enough about the ticket. So $1, people say yes. But the minute it went above that, Zach, people said no. Well, so it, drops it starts to drop significantly. So if the movie theater, as you said, Matthew, said, we're going to have to charge an extra 4 bucks for, for, the, for your ticket because of the security, people are going to go, well, I'm sorry, that's too much. That's for a family of four, that's an extra $16, almost $20 just for that. Here's the thing, though. People are already saying that about big-ass theaters mm-hmm. because yeah. people are getting shot in them. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, it might be a question of blackjack. Like, right. how much mm-hmm. are you willing to charge for the um, for the appearance of security mm-hmm. before it becomes, it's like, where's that sweet spot where you have someone, some form of security so that people feel safe and are paying more mm-hmm. to the point where even more security where people would ostensibly feel safer is now too much money. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. There's there's like this weird middle ground where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, now that I see that guy um, with a taser, I feel that I'm not going to get shot. And also the mild price increase to my ticket wasn't a big mm-hmm. deal. It's it's. Uh, it it's interesting that those are the two sliders, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, right. and at either end of those is people stop going to the movies. How about, here's a crazy idea. How about we oh. increase everyone's tickets by $2? $1 can go to a minimum number of security, and the rest of it can go to mental health awareness and mental health. Well, that's that's a great point, because why are the theaters the ones that have to pay for that? Mm-hmm. I, I think you... I, I think well, it's a tax upon the it's a tax upon the the movie goer ends up sure. paying for that. I, well, sure, but why why should the theaters have to implement that? Is what I'm saying. Right. Like the the issue here, the fundamental issue here is that this is something that's happening in the United States mm-hmm. for some reason, mm-hmm. and movie theaters just happen to be convenient places yeah, to shoot people. Target of the day, right? Yes. Used to so, be a mall, right? Malls, mm-hmm. churches. You see that mm-hmm. as like. There's a there's a deeper problem in the United States, and 
stuff like should we increase movie tickets for more security is a tiny band-aid of the tiniest band-aid mm-hmm. kind yes. that you can oh, yeah. possibly find. Oh, absolutely. It's, it is just business owners being like, how are we going to deal with this crazy systemic problem that is now making people not go to our not consume our product anymore? Well, the problem um with this is a national one because the idea of gun legislation is off the board. No one's right. giving money to mental health. So well, these people, the, the, the problem falls upon the places the people are going that this is happening. There's right. the, That is where it has to because no one that should be doing anything responsible is willing to do those things. Well, but so the until people you, have to do it. As, as Rodrigo said, if you're going to put a, a pinky Band-Aid on your arterial wound, it's not going to do anything. So, you know... It's not just the movie theater is going to happen. It's going to happen at every single place you go to. Maybe we need to increase security at churches. Why would anybody bring a gun to church? Because people take guns to church and shoot people. Oh, I know. Right? People that go to church, they just carry a Take your gun. Church. Yeah, I know. Go take exactly. Right? So why not address the bigger issue? And why can we not get the legislature of this country to address the bigger issue of gun control and mental illness, awareness, treatment, whatever? That is the bigger problem. Because there are people with an emotional stake, with a financial stake, and with a political stake in there not being additional regulation. I mean, it's, it's, we've, we've seen this in the last, what, five years with more regularity increasing and increasing and increasing. And every time people say, can we talk about this now? And there's response a resounding no. People don't want to talk about this, and people have a lot of money to keep people from talking about it. So when we break it down, the question then becomes, if I'm going to Carlos O'Kelly's, if I'm going to you know the Cinema 6 up on the hill, do I prefer that they hire some schmuck in a hat and I pay more for that person to ostensibly be in control of the security in that situation on some level – my answer then becomes yes, because if we cannot or will not address it on a systemic basis, then I think that it's not the responsibility necessarily, but I think that it's definitely going to become the problem mm-hmm. of these theaters. Mm-hmm. It's going to become the problem of these restaurants mm-hmm. and the churches. And what it really comes down to is on that level, that individual level, I think people are at least willing to address it. If you look at the variety sure. piece, it specifically says one in 10 persons, only one out of 10 people surveyed even said that they were going to worry or cut back on their movie theater viewing because of these issues. Sure. So I think, you know, we honestly. Look, I'm not a person that believes in, in police state. Right. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about and I'm, I'm fine with, hey, let's put a cop on the beat and have him walk a beat. Right. I don't have a problem sure. with that. But when you're talking about armed guards at Chili's, I have a problem with that. And we as people, as a citizens of the United States, if we can't go to our legislature and demand that they represent us correctly and stop taking these kickbacks from big pharma the NRA or whoever else, then there is a much more major problem in this United States. If we can't tell our government, this is what we want you to do. And there's the majority of us who want you to do it. Please do it. 
If we can't do that, there is a huge problem in these United States. It it would be amazing if this became a real issue for movie theaters, like a real ongoing problematic issue to have like Hollywood transform into devastator and turn and like turn on mm-hmm. the NRA, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they kind of like, already have. I mean, well, yeah, but you're talking the, about you're talking about individual right like people, you're big talking about studios. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like George you throw George Clooney into a pack of Republicans and he can do a lot of damage. He's extremely handsome. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But um yeah, I'm talking like all the studios get together and say we got to get guns out of these theaters and actually start siphoning money into that, mm-hmm. that would be a showdown. Oh, yeah. And I think it would be somewhat successful, except that the studios are relying on movie patrons to come to the movies in order to fund that. Right. Whereas NRA is just like, well, people love guns, and so they're already giving us money. Sure. That's mm-hmm. a little bit different than it's kind of a different process right right, right. i mean the, the nra funds. the nra is huge mm-hmm. they are colossal it's it's incredible how much money the nra has. well i mean and before the, people jump on me saying oh steven's anti-gun i'm not anti-gun i am because i think it's fine if people want to hunt for food okay i don't have a problem with that sure what i have a problem is when people go and kill people for no other reason than i'm angry at somebody or in the case that we're seeing again and again and again someone who has uh, mental disease of some kind. Uh, I mean, the good thing about your idea, Rodrigo, is like Matthew stated, the piece does say that only 9% of people are really considering not sure. going to the theater, even right. though these outbreaks keep happening. So, I mean, they're, I mean, the positive is people aren't being deterred as much. And I don't know if that's because we're just used to it happening. And that, anything well, we do nowadays is. Not- that's the it can't happen to me response is what that is. Well, partially. I mean, mm-hmm. these are kind of isolated incidents, all mm-hmm. things considered. In theaters. But if you go and look at the statistics of how many gun uh, acts of gun violence are happening sure. at sure. schools, no, it's absolutely. like every single and day. And that's the thing. That is the messed up perspective that we now have in the United States where it's like, is it dangerous to go to the theater because every once in a while somebody shoots up a theater? Your first response might be like, well, it's not as dangerous as going to a public school. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. And this is, again, this is another problem with media a lot of times is let's make celebrity out of people who don't need to be made celebrity out of. For example, the the, um, Denver shooter Mm -hmm. uh, at the movie theater. Why do we constantly keep seeing his name? Why do they constantly keep giving us updates on this? Yes, I'm sure the media would say, because we want to give people closure and it's newsworthy. Bury this guy. Bury every single person's name. Sure report on it. Don't ever mention their names. Don't make them celebrities. The same way with so many other people who have become celebrities because the media is like, well, that's what people are talking about. So let's talk about this person and raise and elevate them higher. So the more they talk about guns and shootings at movie theaters. I'm not saying don't talk about it, but the more they make it a big deal, the more focus of attention it's going to be. If they would focus on every day, look at how many gun killings are going on in schools. I guarantee you, if they showed you the actual data of what's going on, people would be up in arms about this and kids would not be going to school. Yes. Well, I mean, nowadays, so many uh, school districts are implementing 
uh, basically gun mm-hmm. drills the way mm-hmm. that they implement fire drills yeah. in elementary school. Yep, they teach the students what to do in case somebody gets in there with a gun, which is incredible. It mm-hmm. is truly incredible because it's something that doesn't happen in other like countries, industrialized nations. Yes, you know? I mean, can you imagine? I mean, Matthew's a parent. You two are not parents. Right. You have to imagine what's going through a first grader or kindergarten's head when it's like, okay, we have to practice a fire drill. Oh, yeah, if there's ever a fire, we need to know what to do. Uh, here's what we need to do in case there's a tornado. We go into this place, and it's the safest place, and there's a good chance that you're going to live. Okay, now here's what we have to do if someone comes in with a gun who's going to kill you. Right. Here's what you need to do. Imagine the mental anguish that's being put upon those kids sure. who sit there and go, is today the day I'm going to die? Goodbye, mom and dad. Yeah. I mean, that's awful. That is truly horrible thing to put kids through. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, so the thing that I thought about also was, you know, you talk about the studios taking a hit financially. Mm-hmm. Um, was it just last year with the interview? How there was the North Korean threats? Oh, of, right, right, you, right. If you show this, we're going to... right. We're going to damage, you're going to blow stuff up. Yeah. Um, a lot of mm-hmm. studios and theaters said, oh, we're not going to do it. Well, because- and so there was this, there's this idea that they are willing to forego profits and money for safety of moviegoers. Well, to an extent. In this case, and we talked about this before with the North Korea thing, was that... If the theater ran the movie in defiance of North Korea and something would happen, then the theater is liable to all those families and people who would have gotten injured. Mm-hmm. Right. That was different than, well, we ran a movie and we, you know, somebody just came in and shot up the place. I mean, why would somebody do that? That doesn't make the movie theater liable in that case. Sure. Yeah. So, so it's a little bit different. Yeah, it is a little bit different in that case. I mean, so do you think, I mean, schools have uh metal detectors <laughs> well, my school my kid's school does not and they have four points of entries granted they have multiple points of entries now granted they have cameras everywhere well some schools have some schools that's have what it. i'm saying some not every school has a metal detector well, some schools not? have metal detectors yeah uh uh you get wanded you get bag search if you go to a professional mm-hmm. sporting game yeah. um those are things we accept now except you know, there hasn't really been anything happened at a, a football stadium for well, quite a long time. Sure. I'm aware of it's, nothing. It's because of Rodrigo said it's because that deterrent is there and people to an extent right. know that it's not. Although every time there's the Super Bowl comes around, how often do you hear about intelligence reports of we're tracking possible terrorist yeah. activity in uh, this area? So I just hear about sex trafficking. I don't hear about right. that stuff yeah. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's the equivalent of uh, and when I worked in retail, we always had a massive sign that said shoplifters will be prosecuted. It's not there to keep a thief from being a thief. It is there to keep an honest person honest, to remind you that you are not a person who does bad things. So when I go to my child's school, there is a single point of entry. You press a button. They buzz you in once they see you and know who you are. They do have some sort of metal bazinga boopa-da-boopa that you have to pass through, but I don't know how it works or if it works. But the thing that is important to me is, yes, in order to enter that school, I have to be identified. Mm -hmm. 
uh, my my business has to be identified and they have to see me and speak to me and the security people who are generally on site are within security response distance and i think that that does make a difference because if you're somebody who is methodically planning something that will not deter you right exactly if you are somebody who is flying off the handle for reasons unknown I think it's the equivalent of that sign that 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 deterrent is there to make you think about what you are doing, to make one think about what you're doing. So when it comes to entering a movie theater, no, I do not want to talk to a TSA person and walk through the full 3D thing, which is, you know, kind of entertaining. Although they always look at me funny because I have a couple of uh, weird lipoma things that they have to look at. Because they might be full of liquid when they go through that full body scanner. But yeah, if I have to go to the thing and open my bag and walk through a metal detector and there's a schmuck in a hat, I'm really fine with that to go see the Avengers 3 or to go see Thor 4, which is going to be fun to say, Thor 4. Simply because the expectation is that it makes it harder. It's never Nothing is going to make it impossible for these things to happen. But it will make it harder, and I think it will make it... I don't want to say safer because, again, safety is an entirely relative term. And you know, as we've discussed, there's all sorts of whack jobbery going on that could deter it. But I think what it's going to do is it's going to make it feel more secure. It's going to make a situation where I don't worry as much. And I think that's what movie theaters want and i think that's also what they need is they need that expectation that someone specific has the job of watching for crazy people who are going to do crazy things whether that person can stop them what the process is to stop them how to train and pay that guy to stop them that's kind of a step further but really the first step to me is going to be is there going to be a guy whose job it is to stop them or to try to stop them and if the answer is yes, I'm kind of good with that. So do you, I mean, do you foresee a time when these, act, when security thing is taking place, at least through major change, or do you think it's just a talking point at the moment and that nothing's really going to come of it, but it's just an idea they need to throw out there because it's probably how, discussions they're having in board meetings, like, well, how are we going to keep people How safe? many people were, were killed in, in at Trainwreck? Four. How many yeah. people were killed in the Denver shooting? Twelve. Twelve. Okay. So guess what? No, we're not going to do anything. That's what the studios and the theaters are saying. Yeah, well, we'll make actually, we'll, but all this talk will get things talking. That's great and all, but we've got thirty five hundred theaters around the United States. It's happening maybe once a quarter, and we're losing. You know, we're losing. And this is from the the bean counter perspective. We're losing maybe sixty customers. That's an acceptable loss. Now, I'm serious. Now, the the interesting thing about this, this specific conversation is that it was kind of volleyed back up mm -hmm. because of Straight Out of Compton. Mm -hmm. Because for certain theaters, uh, who's a distributor? Sony? Universal. Yeah, I believe so. Or Universal, Universal paid for extra security at the theaters. At the premiere. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, nothing happened. No. Right. Uh, because interestingly, it's not that, uh, let's say, straight out of Compton's uh, primary demographic that is usually the one <laughs> shooting the, up the theaters. Except the, it, um, 
Well, but they were concerned about that. So it kind of got brought up. It's like, mm-hmm. well, what did they do? Right. How did they do it? And what's going to happen if theaters have to then pick right. up the bill? Right. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, interestingly, Straight Outta Compton did have a single white male demographic sure. as a target sure. demographic for that. And that's well, who's sure. been doing a lot of the most of well, there are, the movie uh, theaters. Everybody loves it. Speaking of as a white male, there are more of us than most people in the country. I mean, isn't well, that like, demographically speaking? Where aren't that's there more? No, 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 no. I mean, yeah. well, white males. There's, there's more white people than yeah. everybody yes. else. So you know, like, then you just cut that in half because of yeah, ladies. Forty nine percent or so. Not necessarily um, right. more than any other male demographic. Maybe. That's, yeah. What does I mean? Sure. Okay. Sure. Well, I'm just. I wanted to clarify so that no one was thinking. Oh, well, the demographic for this movie are. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, black people is this because sure. white single white males. And I forget what the age range was. And I think it was older. 18, no, it was actually an older yeah, 30, demographic. 30 I think it was 40, 30 to 45, uh, 30, yeah. something like that. Cause that's, because that's, that's the age you uh, were. That's sure. the age of this. Right, so yeah. that was a that's, group that was, that was targeted for this, for this movie. Mm-hmm. Why did you think and, Matthew and I were both super eager to go see this movie? Yeah. But I mean, if you, this is something that's very important that keeps popping up and keeps popping up. Zach, once badmouthed a movie called The Warriors. The Warriors came out in 1979. And in 1979, this movie about gangs, and not even really gangly gangs, you know, goofy cartoon gangs like clowns and top hats, actually had problems at the theater and people expecting problems at the theater and heightened security at the theater in 1979, expecting shootings and gang problems. There are always going to be movies where people expect issues because of either the content or uh, the ex- the expected audience or maybe in that case a secondary audience who's probably also interested. But I don't necessarily know that a worry of, you know, gang violence at the Warriors is that much different than Universal saying 35 years later – will pay for that additional security. I think that may be a separate issue sure. from what we're seeing in terms of just the, the random acts of violence. But both of them do kind of speak to that tendency in the culture to respond to things with swift and blinding violence. It seems like it happens more and more often. And again, you know, when we come right back to that question, am I willing to pay more? Hell yes. How much more? Well, I don't go to the movies all that often. And when I do, it seems like I'm paying out the nose. But yeah, I would be – even if it's something where, as Steven said, it's just the illusion of security, I think I'd be willing to pay more for that illusion, for whatever that first line of defense would be, even if it does come down to, well, it won't happen in my state, a sign that says no guns. But you know, if, if it's something where there's a, an indication that they are aware of and at least rudimentarily prepared to respond, I think that would make me feel better. Yeah, so I don't, I mean, growing up in this, it feels like these conversations never go away fully. They just no, and they and they won't until the, different thing. Until the bigger issue is addressed, it's not going away. Mm-hmm. It will never go away. You know, this whole idea, I mean, Drugs are bad, kids. War on drugs. We're going to start a war on drugs in 1980 with the Reagan administration. And look where that got us today. Man, those drugs are sure off the street. Okay, it's not going away. 
Okay. These gun issues, people going in and trying to kill other people are not going away simply by putting a security guard in the front of the movie theater. It's still going to happen. Bigger issues need to be addressed. Rodrigo, you have and this is not the, this is not the show to fix all of those issues because we're four guys sitting around voicing our opinions. Sure, but we need to do something about it. Um, I I think that obviously there's a deeper issue here, and what we're seeing are, um, you know, just bumps. Uh, you know, just how a particular industry uh, mm-hmm. reacts to that. So. Anything, anything that movie theaters do, anything that we do as moviegoers is just going to be a bandage. Mm. Well, uh, I'm really interested of you all listening, Zach, on film. You should over to com and uh, write in the comment section if you would be willing to pay more for movie theater security. And how much more? I don't know. They talked about one, two, three dollars. I don't, I mean, Stephen probably is right that that's not really enough to do much. Uh, most theaters, and if they can even afford it. So, I don't know, just would you even be willing, would you be angered at that kind of thing happening at your theater would make you feel a little bit better? Head over there, com. find the podcast posting page, and you can discuss that in the comments. So that is it for this episode of Zach on Film. I thank you so much for listening to this and just sharing it all over social media and with your movie-loving friends. Well, when, you know, when you're over at com, click on that Amazon.com link, buy all your back-to-school <laughs> supplies, buy... Your, uh, you know, back to school notebooks and pens and papers and all your favorite back to school movies. Your old school uh, NWA t-shirts. Absolutely. Like, uh, there you go. Back to school. Back to school. Get that movie. Yeah. Uh, school of I Rock. I love that movie. Animal House. That's a great movie. Um, uh, back, or Billy Madison. Ooh. Uh, the, the Running Man. Yeah, buy all of those. You probably buy them it's on a Blu-ray. Different kind of education, but it, I think it still counts. None of it's going to cost you any extra if you use that link. But a little bit, we'll come back to Major Spoilers to help shows come at you each and every day at the Major Spoilers Podcast Network and all of the great news articles over at MajorSpoilers.com. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with more Zach on film. podcast is copyright 2015 by major spoilers entertainment llc if you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all listen up carshield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance free towing and car rental options at no additional cost get your free quote today at carshield.com audio that's carshield.com audio